We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But I'm I'm getting mad like my pulse is going up because this is like a five hundred dollar machine and if you spill on there, oh, that's what the coasters are for. <laughs> Hold the condensation. Yo, I think I owe you money from the last time you were on the pod. Yo, you owe me a beer from Carlos Barza. I didn't forget because <laughs> of even though I've been coming over for some fights, yeah, time to time, and you're like, yo, just take whatever you want. So I don't know if that counts. We'll have to discuss. <laughs> Yo, going to town on those, bro. <laughs> Boss back in the building. My guy, fight week. Got some NBA. Got some questions I want to ask him, too. Uh, I want to start by saying the reason why I'm laughing is, remember a couple of pods ago, we were at, we were talking about, like, yo, is MMA the easiest thing to bet on? Yeah. I think I'm, like, three of 80 since... <laughs> Yo, you had me like sitting on the edge of my seat this past weekend with your parlay. Yeah, I, posted I don't know if about you ever posted on. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah I posted media? like pain, pain yeah. one, pain two, oh, yeah. five different tickets. I was like, damn, man, like Jarzino, which wasn't even, you texted me. I think like or the UFC group, mm-hmm. probably like middle of the card, and you're like, yo, this is what I have, and it was probably like two for two with three remaining or something. Yeah, I was like, yo, I like that. Like, I would be, I'd probably be on every side you're on, and then clipped, man. <sighs> Such a buzzkill, bro. So for those that might have missed it, I had like five different parlays. All all had hit. And then the last, the main event was Rosenstrike by knockout. And then I ended up cashing out one of them, which you hate. You're not team cash out, right? Shot. I was gonna, yeah, go ahead, yeah. But I cashed it out so I could hedge. So I did a double negative for you, bro. I cashed out and then hedged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No way. I'd just be drinking more beer. I wouldn't be worried about cashing out or hedging. Bro, that was... Oh, man. What a what a three hours. Because I hit on like the... I hit plus 420. Plus, and shout out to you and Eric, our guy Eric. I was tailing some of the bets you guys are putting yeah. in the chat. So you so. said like MMA, you just opened it. Like you're like, oh, I'm 3 and 80. But it sounds like you're in the green. So it's like... Yeah, yeah. It's just... What's maybe against is, the spread record ain't that good, but... Yeah, that's another thing we always like talk about. Okay. Against the spread record. That one time that... so. Uh, we use Action Network. They're not a, like a sponsor or anything, but I just love their their like app, and they track some of your bets. And if you could link the sports book from like your city or your state, it'll track your bets that way too. And there was one card where on BetMGM, I kind of would just put like mad parlays. And I think I was like oh for forty three because all those parlays <laughs> are like first round finish, third round right. by knockout, or second round by submission. And then our boy Marco shouts to Marco, hits you up and goes, Yeah, I hope Nick hits one of these. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, for 43, man. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Yo, tell Marco a shout out for the concern because I was over there just. Marco was heavy on action. Yeah, action man. Network. He's always on there. But yeah, so I wanted to ask you a question. You said you had like mm-hmm. eight parlays or whatever. I don't know if you gamble, I mean, you probably gamble here and there, like during the week, but 
do you gamble like strictly UFC or mostly? Now is my, most of your action on UFC. Most of the actions on UFC. So then I want to follow up because there was a week off for Memorial Day weekend. Did you have more action? It sounded like you had mad tickets. I don't know. I was just curious. Bro, Did I you was... have more action like this week? Because like, yeah, I, yeah. That's how I gamble too. Like sometimes I don't really gamble much unless it's like MMA. So if there's a week off, sometimes I get a little crazy. Like the first week is back. It could be a bad card. It could be a great card. But I'm just like, yo, I'm fiending for action yeah, right bro. now. It's we're been all, two weeks. We're all gambling addicts. I know. Dude. We're like, oh my god, there's no card this weekend. What is going on? But there's also pros to like a week off too. Like, yo, if I get tore, some y'all thank God there's a week off next week. <laughs> my favorite thing about UFC betting is that it kind of feels like an NFL week, right? Like you have enough information, you have enough time throughout the week to gather the info. You know, this guy or this girl lands nine strikes per minute or there's a grappler versus a striker. And it gives you enough time to, you know, read into weight cuts and all that shit. So it feels like every week I bet on the NFL throughout right. the year. Now, when it's NFL and UFC, it's chaos. Like my bankroll is like going Yo, on Saturday and, and Sunday. It's just it's brutal. It's brutal. But it's also fun. But to answer your question, <laughs> to answer your question, I'll do uh, if you guys in the group chat will recommend the play. Or if like someone, if I read a trend like yesterday, I was on the Celtics minus three and a half because, bro, Scott Foster, they're like, I think, fourteen and six is the favorite in games that he referees, and then the Celtics this year are undefeated in games he referees. And are you a fan of like stand up comedy? No, nah, no. Nah. I mean, but you know, do you yeah. know who Bill Burr is? I know, yeah, I know. Bill Burr was on Jimmy Kimmel. And he was like, oh, the NBA is rigged. Like, every game goes down the same way. Like, a team is up 25, and then they come out of halftime, and then all of a sudden it's single digits. It's like, yo, no no referee in any sport has more command over a game than the NBA. And I heard him say that, and I was like, is that true? And I'm like, yeah, son, that's definitely true. You think bro. so? Bro, if you're a referee, you could give someone two quick fouls, and then they get pulled out. That's true. Or you can have them foul out, but... I know from playing DFS and shit, or even from like betting on props, like I'll take a Joel and beat over, and then with like nine minutes left in the first quarter, he picks up a second foul, and you're like, all right, well he's gonna be on the bench now for nine minutes, yeah, just and then before, money. yeah, you just keep donated before the game goes. Do you buy into that kind of stuff? Like, uh, I don't know. I'm not looking into that. No, like when I'm like trying to decide of what I'm gonna bet. No, I'm not looking into that. Like you don't look, but it's interesting. Like if you like if you mention it, I'll be like, oh shit, that's. Pretty interesting. Because Scott Foster came on the radar with Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul is like 0-15 in yeah, yeah, game C referees, which is wild. Like yeah. It happened twice in the playoffs, too, with the Pelicans. They they lost, like, as a, like a plus 240 underdog. Well, they won as a plus 240 underdog. But I think with the NBA, the reason why they get it the worst is because you had that referee go rogue. Tim Donahue. Right, right. Many years back with right. the betting. So that's why I feel like a lot of people are – believe that kind of stuff with the with the fixing and the shit it's yeah. crazy bro the fouling you were saying that i was thinking of like nfl because like if you call defensive pass interference you could put the ball wherever you want on the five or on the one you know as a referee yeah but it's true as i guess an nba official whereas if you call a foul that player legitimately can't play for real so, like bro. in the nfl i guess it's different because you can affect the score but in the nba you can affect like someone playing or not literally so Steph Curry yesterday in game three got three fouls called on him by Scott Foster from the opposite side of the court. So, like, it was away from Scott Foster. So, he's so calling. that's not common. Yeah, that's pretty – usually yeah. it happens in front of you. And and there was one foul that Steph Curry fouled Marcus Smart on, like, a three-point attempt, which was really stupid. It was like, yo, Curry, you can't be doing that. You already had three fouls. And it was just a weird one. But it's it's funny reading some of the things of people, like – with the conspiracies and whatnot. Now with sports betting being more legalized. Oh, it's everywhere. I took the train the other day for like the first time in a while. MGM is stapled everywhere. Like betting partner of the Knicks. Like get get your action on here and everything. So, bro, everyone is gambling. The handles for the state yeah. are out of control. Well, you know who the betting capital of the world is now, right? Probably New York. New York City, baby. Yeah. New York State. New York State, yeah. 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 No, no state nuts. gets more action. Yeah. And think about it, for so long, it was neglected, and they didn't want it. It was neglected, like, offshore books, and then, like, people driving from New York to New Jersey. Like, how big was Jersey's handle? That's what I want to look into, like, after I'm out of here, but Bro, I just mean, how I, much their handle's taking a hit oh, from, yeah, yeah. like, New York residents not driving there anymore. Like, I wonder how much they've taken a hit since it's been legal in New York. 
I remember when I was. Sure they have. Yeah, when I was, I was doing it. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Like, yeah, we would go on Saturday. Well, mostly you would go a lot of times, but there'd be times I hit you up like, "Yo, you still over there? Yeah, yo, yo, throw this fifty on there for me." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But dude, when I was in that documentary with those guys from Canada, like Snap Media, and we did about the life of a New Yorker going to bet legally in Jersey, uh, one of the senators in New York was like nine hundred million dollars a year leaves. So that's just like the money that New Yorkers were spending going into Jersey. And that's only probably like city people. Like imagine upstate now. Like And that's also just not everybody. tracking people with actual like hard copy tickets. Right. How many people were like you that would use the app? Or yeah, like me yeah. when I would just go into the the rest stop. That's what I did. I was going over like on the Palisades, pulling over in the gas station and making a U-turn. Prince Lombardi Lay, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pull up over there. Yo, what, yeah, do you make a, what do you make of the NBA Finals so far, man? Boston's up 2-1. Kind of weird games, no? Like, uh, yeah. It doesn't feel like I heard it on the radio too, but it doesn't feel like finals quality basketball. Like a lot of turnovers, a lot of fouls. I don't know. It's just like not. I feel like as sharp as it should be, like the gameplay. But it's been a good series for what it is. Like two one Boston. Boston won on the road. Game one shocked. I would say shocked a lot of people. You know, I mean, there were it was a small point spread, mm -hmm. so I guess it was expected to be a close game. But I wasn't expecting them to go in there and do what they did. Um, and they come home and they handle like the third quarter. They always say yeah. is the Warriors quarter since Curry's been there. They handle that little run, and then in the fourth they take care of business at home. So we'll see. The finals is two two one one one, right? Yeah, dude, I hate that for like the NBA. I feel like it should be two three two. Yeah, I don't just because like the travel, Golden State, like it's so the schedule is so like drawn out, like two days off between games. But I get yeah. it. I mean, it's all about money. But, I mean, Boston to Golden State has got to be one of the longest road trips. It has to in be. In the NBA. Right? Looking at, like, literally yeah. east and west coast. Right, right. And Boston's opposite. up north. You know, right. it's like. Wow. So, the, I don't I don't know many people that feel the way you do about 2-3-2. I think two. it would give the, the higher seed or whatever. the. I think that's more of a home court. I'd rather have 6-7 and seven at home. Hmm. Uh, you think you're going to lose 4-1 and, and 5? Yeah, that's. I think it's more rewarding to have 2-3-2 two, two as the higher seven. seed. Well, don't you think that going five home, six away, seven home gives the underdog a better chance? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's the higher seed. So like the I'd higher rather... seed gets... Oh, yeah. As, as like a lower seed, I'd I love the 2-2, two, two, right. one, one, one. Man, I wonder if they... They had to have done that for... I think To, to level the playing does that. field. Someone does that. Yeah. Right? To make it... Probably. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I got to think... I'm thinking of like watching The Last Dance... And because I recently watched that, it's like, yo, game six and seven being like in Utah was crazy. Like, even though Chicago went out and won those, but, like just having back to back games there at home got to be such a huge ass advantage. Oh, hell yeah. Yo, we, I, I want to bring this to the pod because we were talking about it in the group chat. Do you feel like home court, home field, home ice, home whatever is as important as it once was? I think in hockey, it's always big. That's what I was saying. Because, like, there's different, like, rules that play into the home team's advantage. Like, last change is huge. So, if, like, someone goes out from – like, McDavid's out, you could get your, your top D pair on against them. Like, that's how it works. It's, like, last change. And there used to be a rule where face-offs, the home team got to put their stick down last. So, the road team had to always have their stick on the ice before the puck was dropped. So, that's, like, a small advantage. But they changed that now, whereas whoever's in the O-zone, whoever's – I forgot. It's whoever's in the offensive zone, uh -huh. the defensive player taking the draw has to have their stick down to give it like more of an offensive advantage. Oh, huh, yeah. So there's like small things like that, but otherwise, I don't know. You saw like how violent—not violent, but like how crazy and rowdy the crowd was in Boston, right? Ch chanting "Fu Draymond" like that made headlines. So if they're talking about it, there's got to be like a home crowd advantage in my eyes. It's yeah. getting talked about, you know, and like people are upset about it. I don't know if they're upset about it, but you know what I mean. Like they're still talking they're making, about it. They're making a scene. Yeah, they it. heard yeah. it. They yeah. heard it. So I don't know. Maybe there's a home court advantage in the NBA still. I was trying to think. I don't feel like home field is as like significant as it once was. Like in the NFL, it makes the most sense to me because I forgot who said it in our group chat too, and it, it just makes sense. Like if you're Buffalo and it's January. And you're the Chargers, and you got to go into Buffalo, where it's probably going to be single digits. And the fans it's are good. probably out there, <laughs> fans shirtless are and fucking up, <laughs> hammered, burning yeah. tables. Buffalo's crazy. Yeah, that's a home field advantage. Yeah. That I understand. But if 
if you're in a dome, if Minnesota is hosting the NFC title game and I don't know, the the Bears gotta go into there, like there it's like it's a controlled environment. Right. So I get it from a football standpoint, home field might matter because of the weather conditions. Like you can't account for it. And obviously, like you're gonna be cold too. It's not like just that that sideline is you're gonna have to play in twelve degree weather too. Are you more accustomed to it? Sure. And your body might be more used to that kind of weather. But I feel like with the three point shot in particular, bro, in the NBA, I feel like it doesn't matter as much, dude. Yeah. Cause you just said, like, yo, yesterday the the Warriors went on a eight oh run in 30, 37 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And it's like before you know it, they were down eight. And it's like they were just down 17. They cut it to single digits. And, like, you know, the Celtics are taking a timeout. You're like, oh, what the hell? Because they hit back-to-back threes and got a stop. And then the A1. It's like, the, what the hell? The flagrant foul. It was a seven-point possession. Yo, you ever <laughs> seen that shit? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? I was, I was driving home, actually, during it. So I, I couldn't see it. So I was listening to the radio. And they're, like, intent to injure. I'm like, oh, my God. If this was, like, the 90s or someone landed, like, that's... I feel like, yeah, flagrant foul, but like intent to injure. It's like they just, I don't know. There's so much wordplay goes into these things. What's funny is and that like, rule right. came about because of Golden State. Right. Sasa Pachulia with yeah, Kawhi, yeah, that's Kawhi right. Leonard way back in the day. Right. So it's funny to that's see crazy. that now play into their favor in a way. Yeah. Damn, I forgot about that. It's true. Do you give uh, you give Golden State any hope? Do you think it's over? Like, how are you feeling yeah, about bro, the finals? Championship team, Golden State. They've been here before. So, yeah, I give them a ton of hope. But they're undersized. Yeah. And I feel like that's showing now. Like the, and Robert Williams, I was texting our buddy Eric. I was like, yo, this dude looks like a spring chicken in game three. Where it was like one and two. He looked like hobble. Yeah, I know. Now he's like above the rim blocking shots. I was like, yo, what the hell? <laughs> like, I don't know what happened, but he looks like he's healthy now. And if that's the case, like it's going to be a tough, tough to steal a game in Boston, I think, for Golden State. And they're going to have to do it to win the series now because they dropped one at home. Yeah, with the size that they have on defense, it just looks so so obvious that they have struggles with the mismatches and also like yo robert williams had like three or four blocks yesterday but how many shots did he just contest at yeah, the rim to shots. just alter shots which to me is just as impactful right Hell like yeah. that don't appear on the box score he's a prime example of a guy who does so much more than what like the box score shows right and that's one of those things where if he's just altering your shot and then you're getting a rebound that's that to me is kind of like a block, Jason, like half a block. Jason Tatum was giving him so much love in this post game interview. He was saying like Robert altering shots, blocking shots, like like you said, altering shots don't show up in the scorebook. Uh, the scorebook, but hell yeah, bro. everyone else sees it and and they recognize how much of like an impact it has on the game for sure. Curry got hurt yesterday, and they said that he feels the same way he did. Ironically enough, when he got hurt against the Celtics in the regular season, when Marcus Smart like dove for the ball on the ankle. Yo, it's clipped for them if Curry's hurt. Yeah, if he's not 100%. Because he's the only one that you could bank on every night to give you 25 to 30. Like, no questions asked. Yeah, he's been killing them all series. He has. Doris Burke kept saying on the radio, I was just like, they have a Steph Curry problem because they can't guard him. Yeah. He's the only one giving them fits, and he's going to keep giving them fits. But he's also getting cooked on defense, he too. Is. Yeah, yeah. They're throwing so I mean, much. The size, too, and the too pick much. and roll. Yeah, and, and the foul off. trouble. Like, he's. It's hard, man. They got to find a way to get him out of there. Yeah. The thing, I'm, the thing I'm looking for for game four is now it's – we were talking about it a couple episodes ago how it was three days rest between games one and two and then two and three. Now they're playing tomorrow, Friday at the time that we're recording. And then you get the West Coast, East Coast, West Coast thing. If right. it does go and be a longer series – the thing that's fascinating is all the shit that Draymond Green is going through right now. Like, I saw someone put like five hundred dollars on all his unders, <laughs> and they all hit because he struggled so bad. He had like what two, four, and two yesterday. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. then he fouled out. Also, can't win like that if they're the Warriors. I think I think they're in trouble. Not for sure. I obviously right duh take to say because they're down to one, but I think if, if Curry's banged up, I think you got the clay game that you were looking for. Like him and Curry were. Shit was beautiful in the third quarter, bro. They scored 25 points. The whole team, I think, had 30. Because mm-hmm. I was monitoring because I took them in the third quarter of the spread. They're covering like 82%. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Under Curry and Kerr. Like, bet betting the Warriors in the third quarter converts 82% of the time. It's wild. It's like basically the NBA All-Star game going over. I've betted 0% of the time. <laughs> You're like, yo, <laughs> I must not like winning. Whatever, I, like, I hate money. <laughs> um... What else do you make of 
What do you? How do you feel about Steph Curry and his legacy? You hear all this shit about he needs a Finals MVP. Do you buy into that? Nah, I don't personally. I mean, he's just great. Like I just accepted for what he is. Like I, if he wants to be like the greatest of all time, maybe. But his legacy, he's like cemented as a top ten player. Yeah, I'm with that too, man. Yeah, it's like I think his legacy's been cemented. If you're talking about like the greatest of all time, then mm. yeah, all right, then he needs all that extra stuff. But he's won and he's changed the game. So like, what more of an impact can you have over the course of your career than that? So one more thing I want to ask you, because uh, a lot of people predicted when the series started, like Warriors in seven or Celtics in seven. And it had me thinking because I've been watching a lot of hockey in the playoffs. A lot of it has to do because, like, one, I'm a degenerate. Two, uh, the Rangers are in it. So I'm not going to be shy about it or not admit it. Like, hockey and baseball, if my teams that I root for are doing well, then I'll be more invested. Of course. It's just – I mean, you see that – yeah. All the time. Nah, like, for sure. But like with the NFL, like the Giants haven't been good in Matt Long and I'm watching it. NBA too, like I'm following it more. Like those are the sports that I, I prefer watching and it's it's a more enjoyable watch for me. Though hockey playoffs have been fucking amazing. They've been so fun to they always are. This this is inspired from a little bit of hockey playoffs and NBA playoffs. Would you rather your team get swept or lose in seven? Definitely lose in seven. Really? Yeah. First of all, I want to experience like the high. I mean, I've lows. experienced it before, but like winning a, a championship game and then like, bro, you like sleep on that. I do that. When it's like the first round. You sleep on that. You're like, all right, we're feeling good about going into the next day, feeling great. Like, what do we got to do to win the next one? Or even coming off a loss, like what adjustments need to be made. But if you lose like every game and you're like three zero, it's almost like, damn, it's over. Like, I'm just watching because it's the World Series and I got to watch us lose and they're going to celebrate on us. And then I got to watch that. It's like, nah, I'm good on that. I'd rather go to game seven. I'd rather go to seven and get blown out in the seventh game. Mm. Yeah, hell yeah. Sit there and be miserable. Like, that. it sucks. But, like... <laughs> Have you had that happen to one of your teams? I mean, last year, the Islanders went to game seven in the Eastern Conference final, and they lost on a shorthanded goal. Like, there was nothing worse than that. Damn. They didn't give up a shorthanded goal all year. Game seven of the Eastern Conference finals, they gave up a shorthanded and lose 1-0. <sighs> Bro, I was sitting in, in the bar, like... Just drinking and like staring at the screen, not talking to anyone. <laughs> I was like, Yo, like, how did that happen? It felt like it happened. The game happened in 20 minutes. I was like, how did that happen? Why did that happen? It hasn't happened all year, and now it's like happening. What's yeah. wh- what's whack about getting swept is it's not even a four game series. It really becomes a three game series because if you go down three and zero, it's kind of like just like only a matter of time, coming, right? Exactly. So I do feel you on that. The highs and lows of, of a seven-game series is dope because like you're like, oh, man, fuck. We, we lost that game there. We're not going to get it back. And then before you know it, you're in game seven. And, you know, the, the only game sevens that I've seen from, like, my favorite teams have been the Rangers, like, or the early two, 2010s when I was, like, super into hockey. Before we started doing VM, that's when, like, they were going to the conference finals. They went to, Stanley, they went to the Stanley Cup. Another conference finals and like I remember that one year they were always just going to seven like yeah, every yeah, single yeah. one and like the highs and lows I get it but then it's obviously easier to say after the fact but I feel like going into it if you if you gave me the option like I'd rather have no chance at winning it than no like having way, my heart dude. broken bro bro how many championships have you seen in your lifetime two how old are you 31 okay so it's like you want to have a chance anytime you can you don't know when it's coming back around that's very fair, man. I'm sure you thought like when the Giants won what, 07 and 11, they were like winning. Like, all right, we might have a window here or something. Those Yo, years. 2008, the year after they beat the Pats undefeated, I've never been more certain in my life my team was going to win a championship. Exactly, and they year. didn't. So it's like you don't want no shot to ever Plaxico! win. Plaxico! Plax in the club. <laughs> Damn, son. Yeah, but even like going back to 17, the Yankees, that was like a, the craziest playoff from when the Astros cheated. Yeah, they were down two two nothing to the Indians, and then they won two at home and then beat them in Game Five to go to the the um, ALCS. ALCS, and then they it was split three three like on the home and, and road. The Yankees won all three at home, and the Astros won all three in Houston. And then Game Seven they lost. The Chapman was yeah it was Chapman DJ Lem- was it that year? I think nah, Chapman I think that was later on, bro. It might have been Chapman later on. Altuve, right? Yeah, yeah, that might have been later on. But Cece, I think pitched in Game Seven. It was like one of his last years, and they, and they lost. The Astros were cheating. I'm curious to hear what people say. Either get swept or losing seven. So how about this? In a game seven, would you rather your team get <laughs> fucking shellacked? Like 5-0 in the first period. 
Or would you want a three overtime loss? Nah, three overtime loss. You want that too? Yeah, yeah. You're crazy, bro. I, yeah, I know. I'd rather be put out my misery. It, it'll take early, years so. out of my life, like off my life, but there's nothing like that, bro. Like just competing, like they're competing the whole game. Rather than it being over, and you're like, what the fuck am I going to do for the next 40 minutes? Watch my team lose and get their ass kicked? It's inevitable. Whereas, like, going to triple overtime, anything can happen. And they lose, they lose. It's more gut-wrenching, though, bro. Yeah, it is, 100%. That shit don't, like, that don't leave you till the next time your team's in the playoffs. Bro, that might not leave you for a long time. Oh, yeah, that too. Mad long time. It does, yeah. I don't know, bro. Like, I'd rather... rather same way I feel about, like, the Jets. I was asking you about the Giants. When they were in back-to-back AFC championships, it's like, they're going to break through. Sanchez is going to be in his third year. We got, like, 15 more years of Sanchez. He wasn't anything special. It was the defense and, like, the O-line and the running game. But I was like, all right, they're young. We have the it's best quarterback in football. We have an O-line in place, and we have our our franchise quarterback. Like, something's going to take off, and they'll win. Like, this isn't the time to win. It didn't happen. Sanchez flopped. Yeah. Revis left. I'm like, all that stuff stuff happens. So whenever you have a chance to win, I'd rather get my heart ripped out than get smoked and have my heart ripped out because I'll still feel bad anyway. Man, I remember the uh, last time the Giants made the playoffs was the Packers game with the boat trip. Like, that game was over at like halftime. And it was, you know, they, they no-showed. Only Eli showed up to play. Everyone else kind of like took the week off. Yeah, took a boat trip. Yeah, they took a boat trip. <laughs> My favorite thing is anytime the Giants lose that surf that picture surfaces, it's like Giants thirty five and eighty two since know, this photo or something. It's like, oh, thanks, man. But yo, I I don't know, man. I rather like, I rather it be it being taken away from me at like the last moment would suck. I rather just be like down four touchdowns in the first quarter, like yo, you know what, fucking, just not worth it to to watch anymore. Like it's just over. As opposed to like a last second field goal or right or some shit like that. It's, oh, it's so weird. Because I get what you're saying, too, because the highs and lows of, like, you know, it's also a two-week thing, right? Like, if your team in hockey yeah. or in baseball or basketball goes to seven games, it's like 10-plus days of you playing the same team. You grow hate. You, there's a hatred that comes with that team. I'm sure you're like, yo, fuck the lightning, bro. Like, they just stole my heart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, back-to-back years. Back-to-back years. You start developing these rivalries with these teams. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, yo, why do I hate this team? I play them twice a year. Like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, it's crazy. But, like, yo, your team loses in the last second or whatever it is, walk off, last second, triple overtime, like you said. I mean, you just start thinking about that game itself. Like, you look over that game. I mean, I do. Like, probably, like, 10, 15 times. I'm like, yo, what if this happened here? What if he scored when there was an empty net right here? Like, if he taps that in, we don't have to work. We're not here. We're not in game seven, triple overtime. The game's over in regulation, and we're going to the final. So, like, I just overanalyze shit, like, after the fact. Like, yo, how did this happen? What if this guy bunted him over here instead of fucking just striking out? I don't know. Just wild shit. That's the shit I love, though. Like, I love looking back on shit like that. Mm. Sorry for cursing so much. Nah, yeah. it's good, bro. You're fired up, right? Yeah, we let it rip also. The podcast has a Talk little about the lightning beating the Islanders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, same thing. See, they missed the playoffs this so, year so because of many circumstances. <clears throat> but So what about this? Would you rather... Do you think it's... Do you feel better when your team wins a lengthy series or when they sweep? Um, damn, that's a good one. I'd rather sweep, less stress, right? Just yeah, like, less stress. Take it easy. But then you got to worry about the stress of like having like the avalanche right now, having days off, or like even talking about baseball. Like if you go back to the Rockies, same state, Colorado. That's what probably they're thinking about with all this time off. They're like, yeah, we saw this with the Rockies. They swept through the DSCS, got to the World Series, and got swept by Boston. In 07, I think it was. Yeah. And that team was loaded and they haven't been they haven't been like that good since. Like those small market teams, they have a chance to win. Like you gotta That's always the conversation like of the Royals rest, when rest. they won, they finally won. Yeah, rest versus rust. Yeah, yeah. It's like at, at what point is it just beneficial to sweep or like beneficial to fucking play six or seven? Yeah, man. It's I think tough. That, I remember vividly reading about like World Series trends and it's like the team coming off a seven days rest or more in game one is like, I think like 13 and 38 straight up. Like just because you're so, you haven't played in so long. Yeah. Especially if the other team is coming off a six or seven game series where they played like three days ago. Yeah. Like, so wow. many talking points, man. It's like, yeah, like that team that played seven, they're in rhythm and they're firing on all cylinders. Dude, what about in the and NFL the- too? The NFL, when a team has clinched the division, they're the one seed from like week 17. 
And then week 17, you play. Or you don't they play don't week, play the starters. Yeah. Well, week 18, oh, week you 18 don't play. Now, yeah, right. now because it's new, right? So week 18, you rest them. Then you have a bye. You really have gone like three and a half weeks, three weeks of not playing a real game. And then you come out and... Yo, there's no replicating game reps either. Nah, man. There's no replicating game reps. You take three and a half weeks off. And especially when, if you're the Patriots and you did it, like during Brady, where every year you were in this scenario, I get it. Because eventually you build enough of a resume and enough experience where you know how to handle the bye week. You know how to handle not playing for three weeks. But when you're a young team, like if the... Trying to think, like if the Chargers, right? I'm all in on the Chargers. They have a pretty young roster with the exception of like three, four guys. It's one of the youngest rosters in the AFC. If they make the playoffs, they're the one seed, and then they end up having the division clinched and the one seed from like week 16, and then week 17, they kind of go through the motions. Before you know it, it's like this is new territory for you. Right. Yeah. It's like as a backer, you start like, Be pissed, do I want man. this? Do I don't want this? Yeah. This is good. And then it's do great you- they have the one, but it's like, ah, at what cost? And then do you play them at all in week 18 and afford someone getting hurt? And then you have that, too. It's <laughs> such a... It's, it's tough. It's, I feel for the coaches, bro. Because it feels like it's a lose-lose in a way. Because if I'm a coach and I want my guys to play because I don't want them to be rusty, and then he gets hurt, it's like, how the hell do you play him in the meaningless game, right? Then on the flip side, if I don't play him, and we come out and we lose in the first round, it's like... That's what you get for not playing them all these weeks. Like you should have played them, and you always see those talking points pop up. Yeah, yeah, always pros and cons, man, to every situation. All right, let's get into why we got you here, boss. UFC this weekend, another pay per view in Singapore. Though the times are not going to change, it's still going to be a one a.m. <laughs> main event for us here yeah, in the yeah. East Coast. Uh, thoughts on this card? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Bro, you got the top of the card is absolutely Stacked, insane. Yeah, Wei Li Joanna is like fight of fight of the decade. Like that fight was bananas. You were there for that. The boy was there, yes sir. Yeah. So do you feel like any extra juice, like seeing it ran back? Yeah, I actually recently just watched it. Yeah. Anytime there's a rematch, fight week, it's one of the things that I try to watch. I wanted to do that before the podcast, but I didn't get a chance. So I'm definitely gonna watch it maybe tonight or tomorrow night when I'm at work. And my favorite thing about rewatching them, bro. Is after all the smoke, after all the the hype behind it, couple of years, couple months, you look at it from a different lens, bro. Like, truthfully, I rewatched that fight, I think 4-1 Whaley. Really? Yeah, man. I got to rewatch because I had a Joanna ticket and I was mad by it. I was like, I think Joanna won that. <laughs> I had no money on that okay. one. I, I had no re- money. That's also why it's good to rewatch it, too, because sometimes you watch the fight with a blurry vision of, yeah. yo, I'm backing this fighter. Or if you think they're, you know, you just think like, oh, she won, she got it the better of that exchange, where maybe she didn't, you know? Dude, I felt that way about Nate Connor too. After all the hype, and like, I wasn't as big as a Diaz fan as I am now. At the time, I was like, yo, Connor got this one, Connor won that one. When you step back and you watch, you're like, I don't know, man, Nate, the volume and constant pressure. Like, Connor stunned them more times. Like, it's one of those questions like, is my one big hit to you? equivalent to the 10 times you pieced me up too right you know because nate isn't a knockout artist so that was uh something that jumped out to me man with way lee yeah i felt like she actually won that rather convincingly because that's been a pretty polarizing conversation as to like who won that fight right right and it was a hell of a scrap oh hell yeah and it's weird now too because like joanna they faced off the other day yesterday two days ago and joanna wasn't like in her face like kind of more respectful whereas you don't really see that from joanna you know the boogie woman that's what she said when she fought Rose. So she's been humbled, obviously. She hasn't had the best go of it in the last few years. But yeah. I think she's on like a four-fight losing streak, she isn't she? She might be. She lost twice to Rose. Then she fought Valentina. Yeah. And then Wei Lee. I saw that. I was there for the Valentina fight in Toronto. That fight was great. That was a good fight, too. But it was just, just not her weight class. And like Valentina yeah, was a 35-er yeah. coming down to 25. To 25. Yeah, that's true. But no, she beat Michelle Waterson. Oh, in okay. Between, yeah, and Tisha Torres, she fought. Really? Yeah, I think those were both main events. I remember I bet her against Waterson. She was like minus 200. She's fought since Wei Lee, right? Or no? Hasn't fought since the she last hasn't. Wei Lee fight yeah. now. So how do you feel about that, bro? Uh, just an overall question for when a fighter is active, like Wei Lee has been since that fight. It goes like back to what you just talked about, like rest or us, right? Mm. Kind of. It's like, what do you prefer? I don't know, man. Like, Whaley hasn't been all that active either. 
since that fight, right? She fought the two title fights. Yeah, well, and one or, of them ended in a minute. Right. And then she lost the five-rounder, and we saw that one in MSG. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, she hasn't really gotten much reps either. It's been, what, two years since that fight? Two-plus years yeah. now? March 2020. Yeah, yeah. Right before, that was the last event before uh, Pretty COVID. much, yeah. Yeah, or last pay-per-view, anyway. Dude, I remember being on the plane there, and, like, three people had a mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I was... And then after that, like, that's... I was in Texas that weekend. That same week... Shit hit the fan. Yeah. It was my birthday week. Yep. Rudy Gobert. But yeah, that fight's amazing. The, I think the flyweight title fight. Do you have the odds on that? Because you're like, yo, Valentina, no shot next. We were talking about gambling. Because we always talk about Valentina fights, how she's the most dominant uh, champion. Or you said, I know you, that's like your. Valentina you Shevchenko. She might be. I, I kind of probably have to agree with that. Now, it also has to do with her competition. Right? Would you say I, that, or is it? I don't know. I mean, she's fighting the best of the best of her division. Like, what? What can you? Sure. She's fought Amanda Nunes twice. Like, she's done it all. She's fought Joanna. The collection of if you take the average fight of all the champions in the UFC, like any reign that they've been on, and you take the odds of each opponent, she she's the biggest favorite of all the champions. So basically, she's always the biggest favorite against any opponent that she has, and this includes Nunez, the 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 run that Ronda Rousey was on, John Jones. You're talking about like no one's a bigger favorite, Habib. No one's a bigger favorite in her fights than Valentina Shevchenko. Okay, and but this this weekend per win bet minus six twenty five. But you're talking about her competition. Why can't that just be like? Well, that's a, what a, I'm asking a, you. Prop to her. Is like, it, she's is just it, that good? What would you say it is if you had to pick? I think she's just that good. And the fly uh, flyweight's like a relatively new division. Which was made for in her. In the UFC. Uh, yeah, because she lost twice to Amanda Nunez. But yeah, like, I mean, there's some good, decent flyweights. I think Talia Santos presents the best threat to beat her. Like, I would pick Talia Santos to beat her of, like, all the flyweights on the roster. I think she has the best chance to beat her. The thing that bothers me about Valentina Shevchenko, and she's she might be my favorite women's fighter of all time. She, honestly, bro, she might be one of my favorite fighters ever. I mean, she definitely is. Like she's she's so goddamn entertaining, bro. But yo, do you feel like she plays with her food a little too much? I feel like there's times where she could put people away and she doesn't. Like that that eventually might come back to hurt her. I don't know if it's gonna happen this fight, but I feel like there's times like remember against Andrade, everyone was like, yo, she's gonna be able to wrestle her. Andrade is gonna, and then like Valentina wrestles her. And then there's times where, like, the the Jennifer Maya fight. Where she lost a round. She lost a round and people crazy. were like, oh, It was like 1-1, right? Yeah. And the odds were like, oh, my God, did we get this wrong? It's like, oh, this relax. Yeah, she ended up being still, like, a minus <laughs> 250 favorite going into round three. Yeah. I wish we had live betting there at that time. In-game GOAT over there. Love the in-games. But Especially in MMA. I feel like Valentina, it's going to come back to haunt her at some point. I don't know if it's this fight, though. I don't know if it's this fight. Yeah, even the Liz Carmouche fight, like they were like, oh my God, she went five rounds with Liz Carmouche. That's crazy. But no, nah, I don't think that that's a big deal. I don't think she plays with her food too much. Also, like, yo, it's never a bad, like, she's dominating. It's not like she's losing fights or in danger of losing the fight at any moment for the most part. I mean, she was under Maya for, I think, most of that round. Yeah. Wasn't really much danger. But I mean, getting ring time or time in the ring is, I don't think that's ever a bad thing, experience. For someone like her, like, what if she just gets everyone out of there in the first round? Yeah. Then, like, questions pop up. Yo, does she have the cardio to go five? Can Is she a true champion? I mean, yeah, she went through a decision with Joanna, with Amanda, and those those girls. But those are all... Well, Yo, she fought Joanna at 25, but Joanna's not a 25-er. So, I'm saying, like, th- then those questions pop up. And it's like, we already know. Now, those questions don't pop up because we know the answers. Like, she's a, she's solidified, bro. She's, like, easily the fly... I mean, you throw goat around every two seconds, but she's the flyweight goat for sure. With a win on Saturday, she passes Ronda Rousey for most title defenses. That's for women's MMA. I mean, you're in company with Ronda Rousey and women's MMA. Is that a bad thing? Like yeah. that's that's probably like the highest honor right now. And the and now I feel like when Nunez losing, she's she's like the standard. That's the thing about odds. Like, and what was Juliana Pena above five hundred? Yeah, plus six hundred. Six hundred. So it's like, yeah, that was... You know, I got to speak she to... Took, my bad, but took Amanda Nunez into deep waters. Yeah. And she drowned. It's funny. She tapped without even hooks in on a rear yeah, naked choke. Yeah, like, yeah, For a champion? For a Word. championship level fighter? That's 
kind of unheard of. She was just that tired. Yeah, she was gas, bro. She was gas. When I was doing the pod with Will, Upsets and Other Dogs, we spoke to GSP. One of the coolest shits like I've ever done in badass. Po- podcasting. Like, yo, I didn't even ask him a question. I was just like, yo, thank you. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was like, yo, I know this is frowned upon that you're not supposed to like thank people. And it's this, like the I third like, wall. What do they call that in wrestling? It's, it's the fourth wall. The fourth wall. I was like, yo, bro, you're the one that got me into UFC and all that. I was like, your fight against Hardy. And he's like, ah, oh, thank you, my man. And all that. <laughs> but something that he said, it was... It was previewing the Pena Nunez fight. And he's like, yo, because Will asked him, it's not if, it's how she's going to win. She's like, be, he's like, yo, be careful. Oh, yeah. Be See? very, he's like, just be careful. He's like, look, I'm picking Nunez, but be careful. When you feel like you're untouchable and you're on top of the world and everyone's blowing smoke up your ass and they're telling you that you're the shit, they're coming after your spot, number one. And number two, that's when they get complacent. And, and GSP said, he, the night I slept the most comfortable in my career was against Matt Sarah. He's like, and I got slept. So he's like, I slept comfortably after that fight. And it's like, yo, is that something that we need to be cautious about with Valentina? Right. Cause it's, I mean, everyone is saying that she's so dominant and what's she going to do? And do you fight Nunez again? Like that was prior to the Pena fight. It was, yeah, everyone's about what's do it again. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it again. Them two. It'd be the biggest fight that could actually headline a pay-per-view. Like people will be behind that. Dana was talking about that too. So it's weird, man. What makes you like Santos though? I just love her striking. Like, I just feel like she's very well-rounded. She could grapple too. I just think. She's long and she's big. Like, she's yeah, yeah, big for 25. She looks, yeah. She looks like twice the size of Valentina yesterday when they faced off. So, I just think, like, and just looking at the 25 roster, like, everyone's fought her at the top. So, obviously, it's easy to say, yeah, Santos is the best shot. No shit. She's next. But if there's ever a time, bro, I think it's her. Because now, like, if, if uh, Valentina wins, she's probably cleaned out, like, the top five, top six. So, it's like, what's next after this? Is it a move up to... 35 again and and fight for the title and become double champ i mean the, the route's there now that julia Pena is champion it's a new look mm-hmm. it's not amanda nunez we saw that fight two times already i don't know i mean they're gonna run it back anyway pena and uh nunez so we'll yeah. see what happens there that's like at the end of the month i mean as of july i'm sorry yeah that's but, right um, it's coming up yeah so we'll see i mean there's a lot of a lot of good things happening in women's mma for sure and these two fights like being at the top of the card and like everyone being hyped about it i think speaks volumes about how far women's MMA has come. Oh, yeah. Because we'll joke around sometimes. We'll be like, oh, it's low-level women's MMA. It'll be like the first fight on the car. Like, we don't know anything about these girls. So, like, we'll never bet on That's like a running joke. Like, yo, I'm not putting money on a on a low-level women's MMA fight that we both know none of the fighters. Or, we, you know, they have, like, yeah. one fight in the UFC. So, we, we don't really know much about them. Yeah. I've, but everyone but we, knows we, we these do that, four girls. Yeah, we do that with the with the guys, too. Like, two debut oh, yeah, fighters. Yeah. Like, yo, I'm not... Low level. Uh, this guy's plus four hundred. Might as well. They're both making their debut. Like crazy right. shit has happened. Right. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, right, these right. four, like everyone knows them. Exactly, and they're like they're like the four. I mean, not Talia Santos so much, but the other three are like household names in MMA. Forget women's MMA. MMA. Yeah. Last time you called the upset though with Asparza, you going with that again? Can you can you establish the difference between picking and betting someone that's an underdog like this? So in this fight, like talking about this fight, but in general generally... too, like there's been times where we've bet on the underdog because we feel like the line is wrong, right? Like Gilbert Burns against Shemaev, I right, threw right. a little bit on Burns. I ended up losing, but he shouldn't have been a we plus five, talk about twenty five underdog. Peter Yan versus Yan versus Sterling, like how dominant that first fight was for Peter Yan, and it went to a no, con- or it went to a disqualification, right? And everyone's like, oh, when they fight again, we're not going to get the same line on Yan. I think it was like minus one eighty the first time. I forgot what he was the second time. It's probably like minus two fifty. More than that, bro. He's like minus three thirty or something. All, all three, um, Ch- no, not Ch- Chamayev wasn't a champion, but Volkanovski, Jan, and Chamayev were all like minus five hundred or more. Yeah, in those fights. So it's like, that's when you lose. Like when you see something like that, betting and picking. Like, all right, I'm gonna bet Aljo here because, like, yo, he yeah, he got smoked the first fight, but he had moments like one round, in the second round, and he got tired. All right, whatever. I didn't bet Aljo, but I, was, I wouldn't have hated it if you told me or if someone told me that, like, yo, I'm on Aljo. I'd be like, yo, how? That's crazy. Like, just give me your money, you know? I'm like, yeah, right, like, decent size underdog, a championship fight. He won a round the first fight. Who knows? Crazier mm-hmm. things have happened. Same thing with the Santos fight. Like, I, I, I personally believe that she's the better, like, one of the better flyweights. So, if you're going to give me long shot odds, I'm going to bet her to win. Will it happen? 
I'd say it won't, but right. if it does happen, like, fuck it, I'll make some extra money. And I say this to you all the time, like, yo, I've won my share of bets and I've lost my share of bets. So if I lose another bet, it's not, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Would you, she's plus 17, she's 17 to one to win by knockout, 14 to one by, to win by submission. Talia Santos as is, as opposed to being a plus 450 underdog. Like, no, enough. I don't think she could win a decision, bro. Bro, 450, what more? It's the, the mistake I made. your problem. You get yeah. greedy. Cotton, Cara France. Four and a half to one. Is it enough for you? Yeah. Nah, I would. I mean, I'm joking around, but I would just take the four and a half to one. It's hard, man. MMA, like, sometimes you, you get too cute for your own good. Like, both. Like, how many times have we been there with MMA? Like, ah, oh, why'd I do this? I, I got cheap. Like, I'm trying to make an extra, extra dollar with yeah. a better line like that. Yeah. Th- I mean, those are drastic differences in lines, but. I'd probably just take the 405, personally. Who you got on that? To win? Yeah. I'll take Valentino to win, but I'm going to bet Talia Santos. Yeah, bro. You said that to me when I first mentioned this fight, too. I'm kind of yeah, in the same boat. Crazy. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I would probably bet Valentina by points. It's funny, too, because like, you talk about this, but like when... Pena, I mean not Pena. Yeah, Pena fought uh, Amanda Nunes. Like I wasn't gonna bet uh, Juliana Pena. I legitimately thought there was no shot. Yeah. Jokes on me, but that's just how I felt. I'm but, not bet. I'm not out here betting every six to one underdog. Yeah, because that'd be stupid what, too. Of course, way easier to say now, right? But I loved looking back on it. How bad Pena wanted that fight. Like she was calling for that fight for four or five years. Do you remember when it got scrapped and she was? At, I forgot what fight it was, but she was at a press conference and they gave her the mic. And, and that's she was when supposed she first, first like, where's Amanda Nunez, Dana? Like, where is she? I think she had tested positive for COVID. So it got scrapped. And she's like, where is she? Like, no one knows where she is. We're supposed to fight. Like, she didn't show up. I'm here. That's a win. Like, where's my belt? She was saying all that stuff. Yeah. But, and there was but one yeah, time. She, she, she wanted it for a long time. And she's always said, like, I'm the one to beat her. I mean, as you should feel as a fighter. If you're, if you're not feeling that way, why would you get in the cage? What other fights on this card? Because I want to end with the main event. But what other fights on this card are you looking forward to? I like Jake Matthews and Fialo, bro. Fialo has fought, what, three times since March? I think so. He's on a crazy run. Yeah, all knockouts are his wins? Yeah. I think the line is wrong there. I feel like Matthews should be favorite. Matthews is plus 125 right now on win bet. I think Fialo wins in the first round or it's bust. Think so? So he's got two back-to-back knockout wins over Baeza and Van Camp. Oh, Baeza. Baeza. <laughs> I bet Baeza. He got clinched up and just got uppercutted to oblivion. Oh, Baeza was like minus 310. I remember that, that shit. I was on Baeza. I might have even laid juice. But, yeah. I mean, I just like Baeza. I bet him against Chaos Williams. Yeah. Up 2 nothing. Up 2 against nothing. Hook. Call with, like, Williams falling back, like, through a, a left hook or Bomb, something. son. Shit was crazy. And then, he, and then uh, going back to Fiala, though. Uh, Fiala lost to Pajeda in his debut on short notice. So, I mean, he's got a good little resume. And he's all his fights, I feel like, are on short notice. This is his third fight in three months. So, exciting because he has two first-round knockouts. And he's on a monster run. So, yo, stay hot, bro. Like, Dana says it all the time. He's like, yo, I love guys like this. That are they want to fight. They they're fight. active. And they're dudes putting on a show every time he steps out there. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to a couple of fights, too. Like, Jack, uh, I don't, I'm going to butcher his name, but Della Medellana. He made his debut. I think he fought Peter Rodriguez. We were at Trestle. We were at Trestle. I bet him to win by knockout. I bet him first round, first round knockout. Oh, look at you, even yeah, crazier. Because that dude Peter Rodriguez has never been out of the first round. Oh, and that's he, why he was four and zero. He was four and zero, and this dude uh, Della Madalana has a ton of finishes to his name with knockouts. So I was like, yo, that's the thing. Like you know, and this is say we don't bet this, but like if you see trends like that, you're like, yo, I'm gonna take a shot here. It was like plus two fifty, and he was a heavy favorite, I believe, because. Rodriguez was making his like short notice debut. Well, last week there were he two, was making his debut off the Contender Series, but he was booked to fight. Two. That's why I think it's really interesting to look at some of the like the history of the fighters because last week there were two dogs that cashed, and I hit their props, De Silva, and then Almeida. They both had a hundred percent finish rate going into the UFC. And it's like, all right, man, that's the kind of fighter I like that hunt finishes. And now with the bonuses, like they want to get paid also. That's something you should look for. Also, gambling too. Like if you're, uh, if you see this and no one knows who he is, yeah, fight doesn't go the distance. Fight doesn't go the distance. What you don't even have to pick him to win. He could lose and you still win your bet. Yeah, 
That's one of my favorite props I've been, I've been getting on, onto like more and more. Yeah. If you got two guys that are crazy finishers, like, and you don't know, like, you think it's a coin flip fight, why not just bet the fight to end early? Yeah, sometimes you might lay juice. Right. Yeah, I was looking at, I wanted to give out a play on the pod, too. I just want to check the line real quick, because it's similar similar to that. It's like a, it's a prelim. Dana Baccarell and Young Ho Kang, like, Baccarell never goes the distance. and But Kang has, like, his last three fights have been decisions. But we, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could trust Baccarell to go to a decision. Like, I think he'll get tired and quit later mm. in the fight. So I was going to bet that fight doesn't go. I'm, sure, I'm trying to find the odds. I'm sure I'll find it. But uh, another fight, too, Malkoon and Brandon Allen. I think this matchup is tailor-made for, like, Brandon Allen. Because he's been knocked out. I think his only two losses are to Strickland. Strickland. Which was at, like, one night. It was a catchweight. It was 195. And Chris Curtis knocked yeah. him out. So Jacob Malkoon's not a knockout guy. He's a wrestler. And it's like, I've, and Brandon Allen's a grappler who's been training at Sanford. So he's getting his hands up. I think that's a tailor made like matchup for him. I mean, he's minus 340, but I just love, I love Brandon Allen coming into the UFC as like a prospect who can make noise. And he's taking some falls, but I think this is like a nice little matchup. He beat Sam Alvey, I think, his last time out. So maybe he could get something going here and just get back on a winning track. So I'm, I'm looking at that fight too, because I like Malcoon, who's. He'll, he's Robert, never going to stop coming for the takedown. Robert Whitaker is grappling coach. Right, right. He's never going to stop coming for the takedown. I bet him in his last fight on the Derek Lewis pay-per-view. Yeah. The uh, Whitaker uh, uh, Adesanya pay-per-view. Uh, Hassan, uh, I think that's who he fought, right? I forgot who he fought. He fought like a he crazy... He beat Al Hassan before that. All right, so then that's probably what it was. Yeah, he beat Because I remember he was like fighting a crazy knockout artist, and he, he just beat, dragged him to... Yeah, that was Al Hassan. He beat AJ Dobson uh, his last fight. Dobson, yeah. All right, main event. Let's get into that. End the show with that. Glover, the old head against Yuri. What do you like? How about you start us off? <sighs> okay. So, is it fair to say striker versus grappler? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Yuri's definitely a striker. I mean, yeah, definitely not a grappler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, here's the thing, yeah. right? I, I'm on the fence with this one. In the last 26 times, the UFC champion has been an underdog in the fight. 21-5-1. The one was a no contest with uh, John Jones in D.C., right? Which was a win for the champion. It was a win for the champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So here's the thing. Yuri has fought twice. Uh, highlight reel finishes, especially the one against Dominic, Dominic Reyes, which is going to live on forever, the spinning elbow. And now he has a title shot. Glover is super battle-tested. Three straight, his last three fights, he's been a plus 200 dog or more. He's on this crazy, what, eight-fight winning streak now with the title? Uh, six fight. Six. The issue I have with Glover is that a lot of reports are coming out that this might be his last fight or that he doesn't have many on the horizon. When a fighter gets checked out, bro, like you start thinking about maybe it's Hollywood for like a Ronda Rousey or Connor's going to go into boxing and make nine figures and Glover might be retiring or even DC was going into that steep A fight like, yo, this is my last fight. It's like, I don't like that, bro. And I don't like that when you're not all in 100% and especially in fighting, right? Like that is a different animal that's where i'm a little concerned i think glover being the underdog is crazy to me because i think he has more ways that he could win this fight and i think it's the hype train of yuri and how he's won those fights that have him as the favorite see i disagree with you because i feel like glover's been talking about retirement for years now so i was at the event that started the win streak in uh, brooklyn it was the first espn card and he fought carl roberson and Carl Robeson, like, was fucking him up, like, two minutes in, like, dropped him. And then I think he just gassed and he, and he subbed him. And I was like, at that time, I was like, yo, when he was getting beat up, I was like, yo, this is the end for Teixeira. This was three years ago. And this dude, even going to the title fight, he was like, yo, I don't know. I'm going to get the title. And everyone's like, yo, you need the title and retire. Like, that'll be the, like, the, the final song. stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he beat Jan, and he's like, all right, like, what's next? He was telling uh, Yuri backstage of that fight. He's like, yo, you're, you're next, next, bro. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. So I don't, I don't, I disagree with that. Like, I don't, okay. I'm, not, I'm not that I disagree with it. I'm just not worried. I'm not worried about that. That's not a concern for you for this nah, fight with nah, this guy. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I just think, like, like you said, it's grappler versus striker. And I love, like, 
Glover Teixeira. Like, he went five rounds or four rounds with Anthony Smith, and he was smoking him. And, I mean, you, you, you grapple. I don't grapple, but you grapple. And how much does, like, 20 minutes of straight grappling take out of you? A Bro, ton. awful. Yeah, and he did that for 25 <laughs> yeah. minutes until he finally got Smith out of there. So, as long as he could withstand probably, like, the first flurry and get him to the mat. Like, once he goes to the mat, it's clipped. Yeah. But the longer it's on the feet, the more I'm worried about Glover, you know, being able to hang in there. Do you think, like, this is this is out of left field and, like, a, probably a stupid question, but do you think, like, the aura of Yuri Prohachka is, like, influences the gambling lines? Like, he's he's pretty tall, and he has, like, that, he, I think, he, is he called the samurai? But he has that samurai look with, yeah, with the haircut. The shaved head and just, like, the, the ponytail, like, straight up in the air. Like, do you think people see that? Like, I mean, obviously, I think casual fans, if you go out to the bar with someone Saturday who's never watched a UFC fight, and they both walk out, and they see Glover Teixeira. And his age? 42 years old, yeah. bald guy, looks looks like he shouldn't even be here. He's, he's not built. He's not cut up. Yeah. He's, you know, he's got, like, the dad bod dad going bod. a little bit. Exactly. And then you see Yuri Pohashka walk out, and he's got the fucking the ponytail going on. He's pretty ripped up. He's moving, jumping around. Like, you don't think, like, yo, this, this is the main event. Like, this fight's going to be awful. He's going to be out here in two seconds. Bro, to answer your question, a million percent. It's all right. Influence. All right. So it wasn't you don't think that when they're showing all the highlight reel knockouts with a spinning elbow, hey, a casual is not like, oh, shit, that was fire, son. Damn, he's only a 160 under the uh, favorite. I'm going to lay the juice. I'm going to take him. There's no way, right? Like, the, the judging a book by its cover. You have two guys. You're like... All right, well, no one's ever going to beat 100%. this dude, right? Like, who's going to beat Ngannou? Ngannou's a bad example because he's amazing right, right. anyway. But I'm saying, like, but just, not even that. I think you just see Yuri walk out and you see Glover walk out. That's like, what I'm saying. No like, shares. just at the walkouts, you're going to be like, yo, this dude, like, no <laughs> shot am I taking him. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely into the influence. Okay. Also, when you have a big name like Connor, they're yeah. going to make Connor. They have to. They're going to have to make the line as inflated. You do that all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah. A guy I know out in Vegas said the biggest bet he ever made was Mayweather. He took Mayweather against Connor, and he couldn't believe that Mayweather was like minus three hundred against Connor. <laughs> it's like that's because everyone was betting Connor, the aura of Connor, even in the press conferences. Like he was punking Mayweather in the press conferences. Right. It's like, yo, what the hell? And someone that runs a sports book that I know too, he's like, dude, we were all foaming at the mouth at every big Connor bet we were getting. We we're like, yo, we can't believe people are betting on Connor in a boxing match. Uh, you have to like just naturally move the line because you, you have you also to. can't take that big of a loss. Exactly. If it's it does a, happen, you know. They you couldn't know. believe all the action coming in. It's like, yo, we kept having to move the line. We didn't want to. We were like, yo, if whoever's taking Mayweather now, like you had big bets coming in day of on Mayweather. And it's it's absolutely the case. Yeah, absolutely yeah. that shit happens. That's just so interesting to me. How like all that stuff influences yeah, the line bro. movement. Obviously money influences it, but I feel like public perception oh that I guess go hand in hand. But yeah, like all influence line movement. It's just crazy. Dude, without a doubt. Like even Dustin against Charles. Dustin was like minus 170, 160. Charles was the champion going into that one. And he was an underdog in that. It's the last time that we had Just this. Just everyone knows Poirier. Everyone knows, knows Poirier. Poirier beat McGregor. Knocked yep. the, yeah, he's American too. So you have him being able to cut promos and to talk. There's always a little, the I don't want to say liability, but they're not as marketable, the, the international fighters that don't speak English. Like, yo, people didn't like Habib until he started talking. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, yo, this guy's mad lovable and he's hilarious on the mic. He's just like, ooh, stupid guy. Yeah, yeah. Does all that shit. Big bullshit guy. Yeah, big bullshit guy. And that, <laughs> that's all how we talk. Like, Moffs are evil. I said that the yeah. other day. Number one I forgot about who. Uh, big bullshit guy. So he's talking about uh, uh, Arnold Allen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give me bullshit guy in his hometown. <laughs> smash. Now everyone says smash. Josh at the bar is like, yo, can I get a smash burger? And it's smash, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, smash this beer right, right now. But, yo, that, that absolutely plays a role into it, man. Yeah, it happens yeah. all the time. In all sports, too, by the way. In all sports, too. You have the, the Alabama tax when Alabama right. plays. Oh, it's Bama, LOL. That's a running joke that we have, too. It's like. Yo, Alabama is a seven-point underdog? What the hell? Since You're just going to blindly bet. There's certain spots. Blindly bet. Yeah. I, I asked that question because I love the line on Glover. Definitely betting Glover this weekend. 100%. I think Glover wins, bro. That's what I'm saying. He's an underdog. Like, I just love... Plus 400 by submission? Little, is he? Little rear naked uh, choke? I'm on you know that. I'm props poppy, bro. Yeah, you know yeah. I'm mean, coming up with these crazy props. 100%. I don't really like this, though, because last time we had a bet, we were on the other side. Yeah. We, yeah, so I don't know. It's not good enough that you crushed like 30 of my beers the nah, last two weekends? you still owe me a bought beer, a purchased <laughs> beer at the bar. 
for eight dollars in New York. <laughs> you gotta oh, pay that. Yeah, New, New York beer prices. You ain't kidding. I'm gonna take full advantage of that. So, what do you think? You think Glover wins this one? Yeah, I'm gonna take Glover to win for sure. And now that you said four to one by submission. I'm definitely gonna throw some on that too. Definitely. This is very similar to when Gaethje and Charles fought. Where I feel like we both kind of agreed that Charles by sub, Gaethje by knockout. I think it applies here too. Yeah. I think Glover by submission, Yuri by knockout. And if you look at the line, like we were talking about before, it's minus 600 to not go to distance. Yeah, so for sure. That I agree it's, with. It's ending. Like, right. It's not going to be a five-round decision. Yeah. Like, you, you see, like, Yuri's gas tank, he has gas issues, and Glover's 43. So if he gets even hurt once, I think, like, it'll be like, all right, like, Yuri's going to pounce and finish him eventually. So like Glover's gonna want out, you know. It's the classic battle of that. So I th- I think Glover wins by submission. Yeah, and then even just like my bad before we finish up, but even that clip that Eric sent in the group chat today was kind of strange. I would say like where they were interviewing Henry Cejudo, who trains at Fight Ready, and that's where Yuri's been for this camp. Yeah, and he's just like, yo, I wish you would have spent more time with the wrestling coach. Like that's just a weird thing to say coming out of someone who's been in that could gym that be, for the whole. Camp. Could that be smoke though? I don't know, dude. It's just why well, you think Yuri shoots a takedown? Like, it's just you a wrestler yeah, now. Yeah, that's exactly what's gonna happen. You don't want to do that anyway, just because of uh, Glover's BJJ accolade. I'll tell you like, this much, though. I'll tell you this much too. If if I'm a if I'm a fighter on the outside looking in, probably don't want to go to fight ready. If really? My, if the main oh, guy is just gonna throw me under, no, fight ready is a goat gym though. But it yeah, is, but, but I see. What you're, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know, if I'm gonna go to a gym and they're like, yeah, you know what? I wish he spent more time with the Muay Thai coach. It's like, oh, so you just shitted on my Muay Thai yeah. and my striking? Right before like, my fight. Right before my biggest fight ever? I don't know if yeah. I'd be comfortable with that. I so from that. that aspect, that kind of be a little a little sus. Yeah, yeah. Nah, for sure, for sure. Figueredo, I mean, they got a great gym, though. Korean Zombie, Figueredo. That gym's goaded. My boy, Eric Anders. That's my guy. Got your robbed boy, his last fight. Boy. I lost money on that, but that's still my boy. My boy, your boy, because his fight name is your yeah, boy. yeah, yeah. My Roll God. Tide, man. OD. Dude, I'm excited for this card. Yeah, it's a great card. It's only 12 fights. I guess that's one under usual, so it's not that crazy. But Yo, how crazy is International Fight Week going to be, son? And we should have been there, bro. I know, I know. I curse Josh out every day for that. Damn it, Josh. And then UFC is coming to Long Island, too. We're and not we're going to be away for that, bro. Fuck this kid, man. I should have strangled no, him. should have never been his friend. Yo, he came to, to Jits the other day. We did MMA sparring. Nice. And, How's that? Uh, it was fun, man. It was fun. And he never did grappling before, so we did, like, MMA grappling. And uh, it was funny. I was just letting him, like, move around on top of me. And at one point, like, I get him in a rear naked choke. And uh, our coach, Andrew, is like, yo, 10 seconds. And, like, I, I realized, like, Josh is, like, not going out, so I'm squeezing more and more. And he's like, five seconds, and then I got him. And Josh tapped on himself because he didn't know that, uh, like, you're supposed to tap yeah, on, your, yeah. like, your opponent. Because, like, if I have you in a choke and you're tapping yourself, yeah, you I can't know. feel it. Yeah. But I was able to, like, look at Josh's hand and realize that he did that. He's like, yo, I was just going to let you put me out. Josh is mad stubborn <laughs> like he that. Oh, yeah. stubborn. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun, man. I want to get you in the gym bad, bro. Soon, man. I got to get back in shape first. Let that help you get in shape, bro. I know, I'm I know. you. You'll be shooting. It would help. Yeah. For sure. It's popping. Or it's accelerate the process of getting in shape. It's the best. But yeah, man. There's there's also like Manel Cops also on this card too, and Rogerio Bonturin. That's a great fly, flyweight fight. Yeah, that's on the main card. Yeah, yeah. I think that opens it up. That's a hell of a fight to open up a pay per view. Yeah, that's gonna be fireworks. That probably ends early too. Another grappler versus striker. Yeah, Manel well, Cops. Rogerio the, could scrap, bro. Manel Cops does the. He's Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cristiano. That's yo the greatest video on the internet. We're like getting off topic now, but the greatest video on the internet is. Habib talking to Manel Kopp about soccer. Oh, uh, he's naming all the champions. Champions League, League brother. Inter Milan, yeah. 2010. And he's like, Bayern Munich. Yeah. <laughs> Atletico Madrid. You know nothing about soccer. <laughs> I know soccer. Hey, man. Khabib, soccer goat? OD, bro. Yo, you should have Khabib on, not to talk anything about MMA, just soccer. I'm sure he could have a great podcast. Just like I that. feel like he would have more fun not talking about 100%. MMA. 100%. Yeah, I've noticed interviewing... Uh, Athletes and sometimes even reporters, when you don't ask them about, yeah, because what it that's all they talk about. Yeah, so good. Football. I'm gonna go find that clip once we're off this. You got it. Yo, we boss, gotta post that. You're the man. We should be going to fight week, but you know, we can't have everything. 
Sorry, we're going another Vegas trip for sure. We've talked about it, like, yeah, it's gonna happen. Got to, got to. And we'll say this all the time: if you guys ever have UFC in your town, we're not getting paid for this. Try to go to a card. Shit's a banger. Best, best bang for your buck, I think, for a sporting event for fuck sure. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yo, where can they find you? At endevito27 on Twitter and Instagram. At Nick Day is ten, as you can find me, and check out veteransminimum.com for all things VM. And we'll catch you guys next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.